share tonight? You know, it's been a while since I've had a chance just to share. And tonight, I'm actually going to share a very personal story about our family. And so my hope is that by sharing our story, that maybe God can touch you and help you wherever you are at. Before we get started tonight, I want to show you a picture of all of my kids. They're going to end up in the message, I'm sure. And here they are. Those are all of our children. (laughs) And you know, about five years ago, four and a half, five years ago, our family entered this really difficult season. I think it was 2016. Yes, 2016. Dave and I were at the Fishers campus, and we were leading a little meeting for church planners all across the country, teaching them how to grow their church. And the night before, I had taken one of my kids and my daughter, Henley, just she tagged along. You know, we have so many kids, you just kind of tag along. And so she had come with us to the pediatrician. And at the pediatrician, um, I just happened to mention that Henley had some things going on that just didn't seem right. The pediatrician said, oh, you know, let me just run some blood work. It's the end of the day. Just run over to the lab very quickly before they close, and we'll just run some blood work. I said, okay. And we did that. We went home. The next morning, there we are at the Fishers campus. I'm leading all these people. And this is back in the day when, like, I had to make sure everything was, like, system-wise. You know, so I'm running around sweating. It's awesome. And, And, of course, Dave's on the stage preaching. It's great. And so... Oh, how times have changed. (laughs) Today, he dropped the baby off in the nursery. It was wonderful. (laughs) Okay, So, so, so there we are at the Fisher's campus, and I get this phone call. I don't get a phone call from the nurse. I get a phone call from the pediatrician. And I was like, hello? She said, hey, Kate, I got the blood work back for Henley and a lot of her stuff is elevated. I went ahead and made an appointment for you with a GI doctor today. You're gonna go today. And I I remember I had kind of snuck around the corner of the church where nobody could see me so I could hear, and I just kind of fell against the wall. And see, I have a relative in my family that has suffered from Crohn's disease her whole life. And you know, mother's intuition. I said to the pediatrician, is this Crohn's disease? And believe it or not, the pediatrician actually said, yeah, I really think it is. And I remember I just fell to the ground, which I'm not super dramatic, I don't think, but I did. I just fell to the ground and was like, my first thought was, I can't do this because I had watched my relative suffer with this disease. And at the time, Henley Jane was seven, which is super young to get diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So, you know, we went to the doctor that afternoon. The next Monday, she's having um, the colonoscopy and endoscopy and all the things that they do to prove that, you know, it is, in fact, Crohn's disease. And we started this road of medication um, on my little seven-year-old baby girl. And it was hard, very, very hard, because as a mother, you just want to take it from them, and you don't want to watch them suffer. And she ended up, you know, kind of doing a few drugs, and it, it, didn't, it didn't work too well. And so the doctor said, you know, we need to start this biologic. It's a certain type of drug. And by doing this drug, she has to get admitted into the hospital, and they, get, they give her an IV, and she gets an infusion. She can go home at the end of the day. And we did it about every month to two months. She would go get this infusion of this heavy-duty drug. And as we started to get these infusions, I noticed that Henley's skin began to change. And her, her little face kind of had a rash, and... You know, just, she just didn't look right. And I said to the doctor, can she have a reaction to this drug? And he's like, no, there's no, no such thing. And I said, okay, I just don't, doesn't seem right to me. Um, and we continued to get these infusions. And 
finally, at the end of 2017, Dave and I decided that we were going to switch to a different doctor. And we just said, you know what? I don't think we're going to do these infusions anymore. I just don't feel like they're right. We had seen a dermatologist. They said it has nothing to do with anything that we see. And Nobody could figure it out. So we did one more infusion, and I'll never forget it because we did it at the end of November of 2017. And in about three weeks, Henley Jane's skin began to change rapidly. She had rashes all over her arms, all over her legs. Her hands and the bottom of her feet kind of looked like a burn victim. Her skin was falling off of her body. We go to the doctor. I don't know what this is. We got referred to a dermatologist. They said, I think it's psoriasis. I said, psoriasis? I mean, her skin is falling off. Well, it can look different, you know. So the problem is that the, this, the way that the bottom of her feet, the way that skin was just falling off, I mean, she really did look like a burn victim. It was extremely painful, so very painful. And so I'm watching my daughter now in the third grade, and she's trying to run on a basketball court because we had signed her up for basketball. You know, she's like, by the way, such a baller. And so she can't run because by putting the pressure fully onto her foot, it causes excruciating pain. And so by doing that, it ended up, everything got disjointed in her body. We had to end up in physical therapy to try to get it to work right. It was just a mess. And, and we kept going to the doctor and going to the doctor. And go, we'd end up at ER. She'd had fevers. It was just a mess. And nobody could tell us what was wrong with Henley. Nobody. I remember thinking, I kind of wish it was cancer at this point. I just need to know what's happening to my daughter. She was so sick, and there were times we thought she was not going to make it through the night. We, we had, it was terrible. And so we end up at Riley in June of 2018, and they're trying to discover what's going on with Henley. They, I mean, there's just all these ideas, no idea. And in August, if you remember, in 2018, if you've been at ITEM for a while, you may remember that we uh, were going to open our Annex campus to relieve some of the pressure off of our Fishers campus before this building, the Olson Farms campus, was open. And so on that weekend, Dave had gone to the Fishers campus August of 2018 to preach that Saturday night service. And when he got home, I said, hey, babe, Henley's fever's super high. She's got some lump that formed on her throat. I mean, this was just typical at the time. We never knew. It was just always something new. I was like, call the, you know, why don't you call the doctors? Because fun fact, I hate talking on the phone. So I was like, hey, welcome back. Call the doctor. And so they told us to go straight down to Riley to the ER, and they took us in. They did a CT scan, and they couldn't really find anything at the moment, but they said, you know what? This little girl has been so sick that we're going to keep her for a little bit here at Riley. I said, okay. So Dave says, so we finally get to the room. It's like 2.30 in the morning at Riley downtown. Dave goes, all right, I'm going to run home. I'll get you some clothes, and then I'll see you. It's like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, the annex is open. Like, I can't, like, let it be video the first weekend. I'm like, oh, yes, you can. <laughs> you can tell a real sad story about what's happening in our family, and that's going to be a video, you know. <laughs> But no, if you were there the first weekend of Annex, Dave preached, and I was on every phone call with every overseer and every person in ministry going, you will not believe what my husband is doing right now. <laughs> Can somebody fly up here and knock some sense into Dave Sumrall and tell him to go be with his family, which he did. He finally got a phone call, and he did do uh, a video for the 1130 service. So if you were there, that, that you might remember it. But while she was at Riley for that week, they did an MRI, and they found some spots on her spine. And so they did a full-body MRI, and they found several spots, hips, toes, ankle, all these places. 
And when they did that, they said, well, we're going to do a bone biopsy to eliminate it being infectious. And so they, they did that. And they came back and they said, we finally know what's wrong with Henley. Besides Crohn's disease, which they still were like, she definitely has that. So what is it? They said it's called chronic recurrent, chronic recurrent multifocal osteomyelitis. We just call it CRMO because I'm not really good with words. They said basically, for, for just to understand, Henley's body has decided to eat itself, and it's eating her bones away. And we can tell that one of the vertebrae in her back is about two-thirds of the way gone, and had it been eaten all the way, she probably would be in a wheelchair today. It was eating away at her hips and her feet and her toes and several vertebrae on her spine, and that explained the excruciating pain, and that explained why she kept getting these fevers, and all of it made sense at that point. And they, then they told us that she did, in fact, have a reaction to the drug that she was on. It's a very rare reaction. It's called Stevens-Johnson syndrome, and if you look it up, the only way to get through it is to be put in the hospital on antibiotic. And so I can tell you that my daughter is a miracle that she is here, <laughs> and she is walking and healthy. And I would love to tell you today, you know, God healed Henley, and everything's perfect, and we went down the yellow brick road. But it didn't happen. Henley still is considered having Crohn's disease and CRMO. We just had an MRI. We just went to the doctor today. Our life still has this child who has to suffer. She lost most of her childhood just dealing with it, and now she has to live a life like this until God decides to heal her, which we do believe in healing on this earth. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> But as we were, 2018 was probably the most difficult season. And as we were walking through that, I would just be, I'm a mom, right? So I'm like, never stop. And so I'm carrying laundry or doing whatever. And I'd be walking through the house. And all of a sudden, I would just put on the armor of God because I would feel this pressure. I mean, it was just the most unbelievable weight to be carrying of my daughter who's so sick. And I, nobody knew what to do. And it was horrible. And I would just put the armor of God on. Now, Backstory, I grew up putting the armor of God on every day of my life. My mom just thought that was important. So then my kids put the armor of God on every day of their life. We can say it very quickly in the Summerall House. Summer salvation, person, righteousness, belt, truth, shoes, peace, shield, faith, and sword, spirit, which is the word of God. Out the door we go. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, why do I feel better with the armor of God, you know? And, and, and I saw I read Ephesians 6. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. And when I read that, <laughs> I said, oh, because I just want you to know, like my relationship with the Lord is kind of like, just like, hey, God, we're just talking all the time. And also, I'm not like the smartest cookie in the jar. So I said, oh, so, but I'm standing in the shoes of peace. You know, I should stand. I'm just standing in the shoes of peace. And God said, well, I don't think you're standing in the right shoes. It's like, and I love shoes, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, a lesson in shoes. Go. <laughs> and I think a lot of us are trying to have peace in our life, and we're trying to put on the shoes of peace, but we are standing in the wrong shoes. We're standing in our shoes. And so tonight, I want to show you some shoes that I believe we stand in. And trust me, I have stood in all of these shoes. No shame in that game. I feel like I'm in like a uh, um, TV show. And now for shoe one, the running shoe. 
I don't know if this is a running shoe. Um, I hate to run. So all of you runners out there are going to be like, oh, that's not a running shoe. I know that. <laughs> I just wear it because it's very cute. <laughs> but speaking of running, okay, so I'm normal, right? And I see all these moms, and they go for their six-mile runs in the morning, and then they go drink their coffee, which I don't drink. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do two things. I'm going to start to learn to drink coffee. I have five kids. And I'm going to learn to run because I just think that'd be so fun. Like, I used to play sports. I can do it. I just want to be like, Dave, I'm going for a six-mile run. I'll be back. <laughs> so... I joined... I, first of all, like, for me to run, like, two minutes would be, like, passed out amazing. So I joined this little class at the Y called like Couch to 5K. Now before you haters start talking, I understand that children run 5Ks all the time, but Kate Summerall had never run one. So I joined the Couch to 5K with my little buddy, you know, we do this little, we, we practice, we like, you know, run a minute, walk a minute, all this stuff, right? We do it for all these months and we run our little 5K. I was so proud of myself. I was like, I ran a 5K. And then I was like, you know what, Dave, I feel like I can do this. Because my ultimate goal was to run a half marathon, because I think that's a thing that you do. I see it, like, on people's cars. And I'm like, I think that I want to do that. I don't really know why. And I don't understand when you go potty or if you go potty, because there are potties on the track. So someone needs to explain that to me. But anyway, I decided just to join the runner world. And so I actually went to a runner store. I mean, I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I decided to train for a 10K with my little running buddy. So here we go, we trained for the 10K, but the problem was that when we got to the 10K, my little friend had to go to a different race and I had to run another race. Our schedules were conflicted. And I'm like, I just don't know if I can run a 10K all alone. I mean, it's so far. <laughs> so I was like, Dave, you know, I know you do CrossFit and all, but would you consider running this 10K with me? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, I mean, you haven't trained or anything. So secretly I was like, this is going to be so amazing because I'm going to be so much better at the 10K than Dave. <laughs> and if you think Dave Sumrall is competitive, you have not met Kate Sumrall. <laughs> so we go to start this 10K, you know, it's so sweet. Dave and I are on a little run together. And I'm like running along. I'm like, I'm going to die because I have no mental game when it comes to running. Just none. I'm like, it's, you know, mile one. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm not going to make it. And Dave's like, how you doing? You doing all right? We're doing so good. We're just running along. It's so fun. It's like, nobody likes you, Dave Sumrall. Okay, we should probably talk about Jesus. <laughs> All right, seriously, if you're wearing the running shoe, which, I, like I said, I've run the, worn the running shoe before. If you're wearing the running shoe, you are running from the trial. You are running from whatever it is you're supposed to walk through. And my first instinct when I found out Henley Jane was sick was to collapse. I'm like, I can't do this, right? That's our first instinct. We're going to run from it. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not talking about it. I'm out. I'm running from it, right? Side note, I do that with my children in many ways because I don't do blood, and I don't do choking, and I don't do teeth. And I know that I have a lot of kids, and I probably should get better. I did take a CPR class, but I also made my daughters take it too, so that when someone does choke, I can do my normal freeze, and they save their life. In fact, the other day, we were all in the kitchen, and praise the Lord, Dave was home. He does all those things. 
Uh, if they have a loose tooth, I'm like, wait till your dad gets home or go find a sibling. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Tooth fairy doesn't exist. Kate's out. <laughs> don't do it. So um, we were all in the kitchen where I was delegating my children. You know how you're like, take this here, take this here, clean it up? I'm like, no, yes. Okay, well, you should do it if you don't because they are amazing workers and God has given them to you. So I was having them do that. And so George took something and was running up the stairs to go drop something off in a bedroom. And all of a sudden we hear this, ouch. And then I hear Henley go, oh, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> What's my instinct? No, 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 start backing out of the kitchen. I'm like, Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave runs upstairs and I hear Dave go, wow, that's a lot of blood. Oh, if Dave says that's a lot of blood, we got a lot of blood. So I'm like backing out of the kitchen. My girls are coming. They, my girls know. They're like, oh, mom, you know, let me go get a report and come back and softly tell you what's happening since you're obviously no help to the family during emergencies. <laughs> they come tell me, you know, and I'm like, la, 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 la. All right, well, that cannot be your reaction to a trial that God's taking you through. You got to be like, I'm going for this, not la, 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 la. We've all been there. I'm glad that my children are almost done with the teeth, maybe. All right, the second shoe is one of my ultimate favorites, the heels. See, the heels are amazing, right? These are amazing heels, by the way. These are like my favorites because they're also a personal weapon. <laughs> if my children get out of line, Dave annoys me just a little. <laughs> These are very sharp. This is not fake. This is very real metal. It shall hurt. But see, when you're wearing a heel, you look really good on the outside. Favorite shoe of choice. But on the inside, you can be hurting real bad. That's what happens when we put on heels. We just walk around like, I'm amazing. Don't I look so good? God is good. You're good. In fact, if you're going through a problem, I can help you because I have nothing going on. I'm great, right? But deep down, we're hurting. We're hurting really bad. The Bible says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. And if all the attention is on me, then I don't have to face it. God can't help me. It's all about me. We got to be careful that we don't put on our heels. We, gotta, we can't wear our running shoes and run away, and we can't put on our heels and act like everything is great and perfect and wonderful while we're aching inside and not facing it. And the third shoe is the hiking boot, which is totally in style this year. If you've not picked up a pair, I highly suggest it. Super cute this year. The hiking boot says, I can do all this on my own. Trust me, this is like Kate Sumrall in a boot. When Henley Jane got sick, nobody could figure it out. I'm like, well, then obviously I'll figure it out. To the point that I would sit down with doctors and they would be like, um, have you considered medical school? I'm like, no, <laughs> so much school. <laughs> but you really should diagnose her with this because <laughs> Google said so. It's a, the Bible says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. See, hiking boot says, I can do this. I don't need God. I mean, we go through situations all the time in life where we're like, I got this. I got this. I got this. No, God's got this. Take your hiking boots off. You can't make it if you got your hiking boots on. Nobody needs a mama wearing a hiking boot. You got to give it to God. 
All right, this is also, of course, they're all my favorites. I love shoes, right? This is such a girl message. All right, well, D Dave likes shoes too. All right, next boot. <laughs> the rain boot. I love Indiana. It can just be cloudy, and we all wear our rain boots to Target. I love it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, chance of rain? Put them on. Yes. I love them, and they're so fashionable, and then you can, like, step in the puddle and kind of be like a kid, like, can't get wet, got my rain boots on. I love it. If you wear the rain boot, you're saying, poor, poor, pitiful me. Oh, we have had the hardest year. Our child is sick. I'm sick. My dog is sick. Everybody's sick. Poor me. Right? That's what the rain boot does. The scary part about a rain boot is they can get stuck. You ever met somebody stuck in a rain boot? I have. You know, 17 years ago, this happened, and it marked me. Because if you're not careful, whatever you went through or whatever you're going through will become not just something that God brought you through, not just the joy of the Lord because you're able to make it through with Jesus, but it will become your identity and you will stop your growth with Jesus there. You've got to be careful. Philippians says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Everything. And this was something that I worked really hard on with Henley because at such a young age to get diagnosed with two chronic illnesses, they say there's no cure for either one right now, except Jesus, amen. But, but to get diagnosed at a young age, the one thing I didn't want is I didn't want Henley's identity to be two chronically ill, you know, chronic illnesses. I didn't want that for her. So I would say, Henley, look, it really stinks. You have two illnesses. You have had a terrible childhood. That is terrible. But you know what? You know Jesus. And that is so wonderful. And think of all the things you get to tell others about Jesus. And so we pointed her all the time. We're not going to get stuck in a rain boot. We're going to move on, right? Nehemiah says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what I always prayed for Henley. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I would sing it. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it for y'all. It's terrible. Um, but I would sing it while in 2018 as well because I knew that I needed the joy of the Lord because that is our strength. And that's what we meditated on. All right, so we've got our heels and our running shoes and our hiking boots and our rain boots. And none of these can bring us peace. They're, none of these are the shoes of peace. So I said to God, all right, God, I kind of thought it would be the stiletto. Not going to lie. I kind of thought there would be some stiletto that was the most beautiful thing in the world, and like super like glammy, and that would be the shoes of peace. Because, you know, he would want the very best. <laughs> I said, God, what, what is the shoes of peace. Like, what, what do you see as the shoes of peace? It's not a stiletto. He said, Kate, you can't stand in a stiletto. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can't stand in a stiletto, but you can stand in your slippers. I'm like, my slippers? But see, your slippers are where you go when you're safe. There's not a lot of work to do. You know, the thing I love about slippers are they're specific to each person. So, you know, these are actually my, some of my favorite slippers. They're Christmas. I feel like this year we can definitely pull out Christmas early. But I have daughters, and they'll be like, hey, can I borrow your, your slippers? I'm like, no. Do not put your nasty foot in my slipper because it's made just for me. You know what I'm saying? If you've got a good pair, you know those are made just for you. Have you ever watched somebody walk through something that just seems unbearable, and you're like, how do they have that? It's because God gives you specific peace for what you're walking through. It is unique to you. 
you know, your slippers aren't for show or display. You don't really talk about them a lot. I mean, you just like, it's just kind of part of who you are that maybe a lot of people don't hear you talk about a ton or see you wear a ton. But if you notice that they're just for you, they're just unique to you. So then I was like, all right, God, I'll put my slippers on. I'll stand in peace. But tell me, how do I stand in these slippers? Do I just be like, oh, slippers? Like, why, why, how do I get there, right? I mean, I can't just be like, all right, everybody, go home, get your slippers on, have a nice night, bye. Mm-mm. That's not how it works. See, the key is putting on the rest of the armor of God. Because the Bible says, let's read it. This is, this is my favorite part. This is when the Lord, you have those moments where the Lord comes down and like shakes you. You're like, yes, I get it. It's like, I've been trying to get, have you get this for years, but congratulations. That's what happened to me that day. So I'm reading the Bible. It's in Ephesians again. Let's read it together. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the, when, not if, Remember, life is full of trials. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith which is with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All right, so I put on the armor of God as a little girl, and, you, and my kids put it on every day before we leave the house. And so, you know, in my mind, I mean, I know that it's mostly protective armor, but in my mind, I'm like, we're going to put on the armor of God. We're going out into the world, huh. right? So I always thought I'm going to battle. But see, the armor of God is mostly protective, and it's in that protection that we get the peace. And I want to take just a second to close the night out to go over the different pieces of armor because I remember specifically when all the doctor's reports would come back and they wouldn't tell us or the test results would be too high or I couldn't tell what was happening with Henley and she's, I'm getting the call from school if she's sick again, she's got a fever again, mom, I can't move, my leg hurts, my back hurts, all of that. And I remember I would have to say, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of peace shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I would say it over and over and over because I had to put on the full armor of God before I could stand in the peace that only He could bring. So let's start with the helmet of salvation, right? The helmet of salvation, it guards your mind, guards your thoughts. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. This life is not about this earth, right? It's about eternity. And if we just focus on eternity, it changes our perspective. Philippians says they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about the life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And I had to change my mindset. My daughter is very sick It is very difficult, but I did not stand in the confidence of doctor's reports. I stood in the confidence that my daughter already knows Jesus, 
and that she will live with him in eternity. And I had to be okay with that. And just because God didn't heal her when I wanted him to, doesn't mean that she will not be fully healed. Because our confidence has got to be with the healer and not with the healing. And I had to get there. I had to be okay with not getting the healing I wanted for my daughter right when I did. All right, the next one is the breastplate of righteousness. The definition of righteousness is to be morally true. Second Corinthians says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We need to live a life that is right standing with God. We can't expect to have this supernatural peace if we're not living a righteous life. In fact, <laughs> all right, full disclosure, why not, right? It's, it's first Wednesday. Um, so I was saved at the age of four. I remember it to this day, and I truly have just loved the Lord my whole life. I am not perfect at all. I have sinned a lot, and ask my kids, still do. But I just have really loved the Lord, and so I haven't really experienced like this huge transition of like, you know, I lived this terribly sinful life, and then God changed me, and then, you know, kind of a thing. So I've never like smoked a cigarette, never got drunk. You know, I'm just, I'm just like that person. People are like, oh, that's Kate. But when we were walking through all this, I said to Dave, I'd be like, hey, Dave, I think this is like the time in my life I need to pick up drinking. <laughs> Mind you, I do not know what it's like to be drunk, but I had decided I needed that to happen to me a few times through this trial. Dave was like, you have lost your mind. See, the, and, and I didn't pick up drinking, just so y'all are all clear. Still never had any alcohol, but I, I think it was just, I got there. I was like, I need an escape. But I can't be a mom that gets drunk every night and think that I'm going to be able to live with the peace of God because I'm trying to escape my trial of what I'm walking through on this earth. And just remember that God doesn't want perfection. He just wants your heart. So I'm a sinner, trust me, I sin. You can ask Dave, you can ask my kids, you can ask the staff. I'm a sinner, but I love the Lord. And that's all he wants is our repentant heart. In Psalm it says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. All right, so you got the helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness, and now we're going to put on the belt of truth, which the, the definition of truth is fact, and the Bible is fact, correct? John says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And one thing I did with Henley, and I do with my kids, and I encourage you to do the same, is I prayed scripture over them. Henley will, will run and not grow weary. She will walk and will not faint, for the Lord will go before her, and his joy will be her strength. Amen? And if you were to meet my little girl... You would, you, and you didn't know her backstory, you would never know what she has walked through because the one thing that defines Henley is the joy of the Lord. And we have prayed that over her because we have surrounded ourselves with a belt of truth. And when the, the winds and waves of the craziness started coming, I just put that belt on and stood on the truth of, what, of God's word. Amen? All right, we've got the shield of faith. The shield of faith. The definition of faith is complete trust. And the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is our, is our fear blocker. That's what I like to call it. When that fear starts coming, you just, faith. 
not going to let it come. Mm-mm. Right? The doctor report comes. Nope. Not letting that in. Because my hope is not in doctor's reports. Remember, my hope is in Jesus. And so we're going to block that with our shield of faith. And then we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When Henley was a little baby girl, she was probably two, she'd walk up to the door, she had pigtails, super chunky, cutest thing ever. And she would skip through everything and just go, what a God, and she'd run out the door. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're gonna pick one, I guess it's a good one. We gotta read our Bible, we gotta quote scripture, we gotta hang it in our house, we gotta hide it in our heart. We cannot forget that the Bible is our sword. And these are some scriptures that we pray at our house. God shall not give me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. All right, so we got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. And when all of that is on, when we put all of that armor on, then we can stand in the shoes of peace. There's no work to do. You know, I hear people say they're sick and they feel like they have to muster up the strength to make it through it. But you don't have to muster up strength. Is that a northern word or southern word? Y'all muster here, right? But you don't have to do that, right? Because when we have on the armor of God, we just slip into our little slippers, our house shoes, whatever you want to call them, and we just stand. And there's a peace that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And I want to encourage you today. You know, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're walking through. I guarantee most of you are walking through something because that's called life. But I want you today to evaluate the shoes that you're trying to wear while you're trying to grab onto some peace because as hard as it was with Henley, and it still is, I just rest in the assurance of knowing that God can give me this supernatural peace that, you know, most people would look at us, most people didn't know how difficult it was when we were walking through it, but most people would look at us now and say, how did you make it through? And I'm like, God right? And I know so many of you are in that place, and tonight my biggest prayer is that you would evaluate what shoe you're wearing. Because if you're trying to run from the situation, or you're trying to tell everybody you're awesome, or you're trying to do it all yourself, or you're trying to tell everybody how terrible it is, you're never going to get the peace of God. And you cannot make it through the things on this earth without the peace of God. You have got to have it. Amen. And what a great message from Pastor Kate. Well, hey, with nobody moving around and every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to take a moment to pray that God would supernaturally touch this place with his peace and his presence, that he'd help us identify where we're at, where we're at and where he wants us to be. But before we get to that, there's some of you that are here today and you want the peace of God. You believe in it, but you've never had a relationship with Jesus. I don't believe it's a coincidence that you're here today. I believe God has called you to this moment because he loves you and he's talking to you right now. And so I wanna help you take that step. If you wanna make Jesus your savior, your friend, to live a life of God-encountered moments, we can settle that today. The Bible says pretty clearly, if you confess with your tongue that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in him with all your heart that he died for your sins, you will be saved. 
So I'm going to count to three in a moment. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand with nobody looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to know that you're counted in this prayer. One, two, three. Come on, just raise your hand. Online at home, Bluffton, all across this room. Awesome. Okay, you can put your hands down. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. I'm going to lead you. Just pray quietly in your seat. It's between you and the Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, and I declare that you are Lord. God, I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. Fill me with your power. In Jesus' mighty name. And God, I pray for everybody in this room, like Pastor Kate said, that we would have peace beyond anything we can understand, that we'd walk through the trials of this life and we'd find our slippers, and we know that your presence is all around us, surrounding us with joy. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you help us see where we're at, what shoes we are wearing? Help us find your peace. Let us fall in love with your word again. Spend time talking to you. Plant your verses in our hearts, Lord. Transform our church so that we could reach those who need you. God, we praise you for this service today, and we thank you for all that you're going to do through your people. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen. Come on, give God praise. Thank you so much for joining iTown Church online today. We would love to have the chance to meet you and your family in person at one of our campuses. Or, of course, you can join us streaming live online this weekend. Now, for more details about times and locations and even some of our streaming options, you can go to itownchurch.com. I sure hope to see you soon. God bless.